she'd seen so much in the past, heard so much in the past that um, she was frightened. And so um, she said, mom, give me your phone. I'm going to take location services off. Um, we got down the driveway and as we're driving away, <laughs> this always still breaks my heart. So excuse me. She says to me, she says, mom, she says, mom, you are so brave. Mom, you are so strong. And she repeated that all the way down the road. Breaks my heart because she knew, they all knew what was going on. And it just took me so long to get to that point to leave. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Heavy Pages, a separation to divorce journey. This is Josie, your host, and here we are with another chapter checkup session. Before we get into it, I just want to remind you that if you want to hear more about these chapters, then check out episode 25 on season three, and it'll give you all the details so you know exactly what we're talking about when we touch on each chapter during this episode. And with that, let's get right into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another chapter checkup session. Today, I am bringing Anne on to share her journey from devastated to divorced. Thank you for being here, Anne. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, well, let's see. Let's start with, are you officially divorced at this point or on in the process? So actually, as of July 20th, after two and a half years of separation. Officially divorced. Officially okay. divorced, yeah. Great. So we're going to go all the way back to the beginning. <laughs> Can you um, tell me how you met your now ex-husband? <laughs> um, I was the young age of 19 and um, was going to college. Um, met him. He's um, four and a half years older than I am. Um, he, um, I was pretty, very naive, I should say. <laughs> At 19, I was uh, raised um, by a single mother. Um, I'm an only child, and so hadn't experienced much of the world when I went away to college. I met him my second year, beginning of my second year. Um, we both worked um, on campus, and he pursued me pretty aggressively. Um, and I was, you know, a bit blindsided by all of his affection and um, told me pretty quickly how much he loved me after about six weeks. And of course, I, you know, not having the greatest relationship with my dad, um, I really held back and didn't, I didn't want to tell him I loved him until I really knew. So I waited Absolutely. about six, yeah, I waited about six months. And finally, I felt like, you know, I, I, I cared for him, loved him. I think I didn't know any different. I didn't, I hadn't experienced um, a healthy relationship at home, see, watching my parents, so I didn't really know what it was um, to love somebody and be committed to somebody and want to spend your life with somebody. Right. He just was the first one that paid that much attention to me. Right. And would you say that there was love bombing going on? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely. And I was so naive and young. I didn't I didn't have a clue about any of that stuff. Of course. So. <laughs> right. yeah. Unfortunately, you know, these are things that, that we're not taught no, especially older generations with our parents they you know, they, they didn't even know half of this stuff. And nowadays, thankfully, there's so much more out in the world and Internet and stuff like that, that you can kind of research. Right. But back then, right. yeah, half of these terms, we were getting all of this done to us. But we had no idea what they were. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that was, um, you know, that was we we got in. See, we got engaged after about a year. Um, we were engaged for a year and a half. 
Um, and so we were together two and a half years before we got married. I needed to finish my degree first. He was in a graduate program at the time. Okay. So yeah, so um, that okay. was, we were married for 34 years. Wow, that's, yeah. that is a long time. It's a lot of effort, a lot of effort over yes. time on my part. Yes, definitely. I'm, yeah. I'm sure it was. <laughs> so whose who's decision was it to, to end the marriage? Uh, well, there's a long story that goes up to it, but there were there were probably you know you talked about blissfully unaware and subconsciously aware. Um, okay. I think the first yeah ten years you know we had um, one two children within the t- first ten years of our marriage was going okay. I noticed that with the second child he was getting more and more upset about not getting enough attention. That he felt the kids were pulling my attention away from him. Okay. Um, I tried my hardest to you know keep that moving and keep. Um, him feeling like he was the center of my universe. But as a mom, that's very difficult, right? You feel torn. You feel absolutely torn. Um, So then, you know, we had the two kids. There were about six more years. He was moving up in the ranks in his job, um, had a lot more responsibility. And then I, we had the third child um, and I was probably about 37 by that point. Um, And uh, things were getting a little bit more difficult. He was, um, uh, starting to do some real uh, rages, shall we say, okay. where he would get over, he would get angry over things that would surprise me that I had no clue he would get that angry about. Um, it turned into name calling and blame shifting and just nastiness. And so right. the first two kids got a kind of a normal sort of type relationship with him um, in the beginning. But as time went by, his behavior got worse and worse. And with each child, it got worse and worse. As his job got more stressful, it got worse and worse. Um, then we had our surprise fourth baby <laughs> after the vasectomy. <laughs> yeah, real surprise. Um, yes. So that just that added even more stress and strain. Of course. Um, I was doing my very best to make him happy, to um, be that model mom, um, that model wife, and um, give him the attention he wanted and felt he deserved. And um, I was being pulled in 15 different directions. I was working part-time. I had gotten my master's degree earlier on. He had gotten his PhD. Um, so both of us were, you know, really busy um, with, with careers and life and kids. And um, he, you know, all along had drank, um, but the drinking over time, his anger with the drinking got worse. Right. So let me ask you real quick. Um, he was feeling neglected starting at the second child, but was he also doing his part so that you had some extra time to, you no. know, to spare for him? No. And I felt because I didn't have a good role model, um, I felt it was all on me. And so I took that blame, right? I took that blame on my shoulders, um, carried, you know, with work, I carried all the kids, Um, carried his emotional weight because he couldn't carry his own emotional weight. Um, As my um, first daughter, uh, so I I had a son first and then three daughters. My first, my oldest daughter was about eight or nine is when he really started to shift. I had the, starting to have the the two youngest ones. And um, he, unbeknownst to me, was taking some of this out on on the kids and especially her. Um, my older son, my son sort of, he just played video games and kind of stayed out of it. She, she stood up to him at eight, nine, 10, she started standing up to him. And I think it was because I wasn't standing up to him. 
I was trying to smooth the waters. Um, And so it became a lot of conflict in the house, a lot of conflict in the house. And um, uh, then I had the two younger ones, too, who at the time were like two and four. And I'm trying to manage everything and keep the temper down, keep the, you know, the name calling down. I, I was just trying to protect the kids and trying to protect myself. Of course. Wow. That yeah. sounds very it was, difficult. It was very difficult. And then with his drinking too, it got to be very difficult. Right. Um, and it was, a. but I just, I kept carrying the load and I kept thinking, you know, I'm coming from a Christian background. This is what I'm supposed to do. This is how it's supposed to be. Right. You know, I, I pray more, I make better meals. I try to have you know sex when he wants. And I try to do all these things and I'm pulled in 15 different directions. And then along with his behavior, it made it really difficult for me. Right. Right. So like you mentioned, speaking about chapter one, you were, Mm -hmm. I don't even know if subconsciously aware, were you? (laughs) No, I was in denial. I was in complete denial. Denial because when we got married, I told him divorce wasn't an option. I'm not doing it. I came from a divorce family. It was ugly. They used me as a pawn. I'm not doing it. And so it wasn't an option. And so in my mind, I just had to suck it up and deal with it. And then I had the layer of the church and the church is telling me, you can't divorce. You have to be a model wife. You have to take whatever behavior he gives you because, you know, that's your job. Right. And, you know, I, so I carried all that through, you know, I would say about, I don't know, 30 years, maybe 25 to, well, maybe more like 28, 30 years is when my eyes were starting to become more open. And so I would say at that point that I was no longer, uh, you know, blissfully unaware. I think I was starting to become subconsciously aware. Um, I started using, um, I started kind of questioning, are all marriages this hard? Does everybody go through this? Why, why is it so hard? You know, he, it would just, there'd be some good times and then it would, it would be a really, really awful time. You know, there were things that he would do that I would blow my mind, the things he would say to the kids or the things that he would do to me. Um, And I I, I kept thinking, how, why is it this hard? And I would pray, pray, pray. And, you know, I just couldn't get, I couldn't get an answer. I I tried, we went to three different marriage counselors over the years. Um, So he went. And he went, no problem. He went. The problem was I couldn't speak up in counseling because the couple times I tried when we got home it was hell Um, and so I just learned to zip my lip you know I I would bring up little issues that you know that could be brought up safely but um, he didn't allow um, it it, I shouldn't say he didn't allow there were sometimes that I there was fear there was a lot of fear in my marriage right and so the fear kept me from speaking up right so it couldn't function the way it was meant to because you couldn't actually share the things that needed to get fixed. Exactly. And so there was no mutuality. I did all the housework. Um, I did all the kid work. Um, I worked. Um, there was a time where he had a very high profile job in a small community. Um, they fired him. Um, there was a lawsuit for seven years, which added up so another layer of tension and stress on the relationship. Right. where it came to my attention during all of that, that really what had gone on at work was his anger. Um, uh. It was an issue at work too. And so uh, it was one of those things where somebody said something in the depositions where I was there um, about a facial expression that he had. And I kind of went, oh, I've seen that face before. 
<laughs> I know what that face looks like. Right. And so it started to kind of get the wheels going. I mean, we went along with the lawsuit, um, but I, I was starting to wake up. I was starting right. to understand kind of what's going on. I saw the, the, um, the good times. I could start to feel when that bad time was going to come around again. Okay. And so it was that cycle. And wow. he was never... Um, like he never hit me. I kind of okay. wish he would at times, right? Because then I could have become really aware, right. but it was just a lot of um, degrading, shaming, name calling. Um, yeah. And he, and then unbeknownst Mentally to me. Mentally beating you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And then unbeknownst to me, once I left, the kids became honest with me about what was going on too. Um, I was a really good denialer. I was so good at it. I was sweeping that stuff under the rug, right and left. Right. Um, until I just couldn't do it anymore. The pile was too big. Um, yeah, and that's a defense mechanism for yourself, you know? Yeah, it's coping. That's, it was coping. Exactly. It was the only way I knew how. Exactly. Um, I didn't have good skills. I didn't have good examples growing up, so right. it was the only way I knew how. Were the kids, were the kids uh, when you're saying like 30 years later, you're starting to recognize this, mm -hmm. the kids were out of the house, adults now? Or so, so how did... I would say maybe step back a couple more years, but... Um, uh, one of them, my son, the oldest, got married very young and left the house. Okay. Eh, maybe there was a reason for that. Mm -hmm. uh, my next one, you know, fought, stood up to him, um, and um, she left the house pretty early, too. Right. My third child was a people pleaser, and so she wanted to smooth things out, right? right. Um, my youngest ended up hiding. She just went into her room. She just hid. Right. Um, I had two of my, my two of my older daughters, different times, did, hadn't spoken with one another, said to me, at about the 30-year mark, mom, you have a choice. You have a choice. They all knew. They all knew. And they, they labeled it way before I did that it was abuse. They knew. Right. Um, kind of makes me mad that I let it go so long. Um, but they, um, they were very supportive. Great. They were very supportive right. in, in all of it. Um, they all understood. Even my son, who kind of had the best dad of the time, because uh, right. he was the oldest, right? Um, knew he said you know that he said mom you know you had he had a lot of he had a lot of um opportunities to change and he chose right. not to right exactly so does that mean that you kind of started the process or? I did yeah I did okay. start the process um what happened was I started reading okay, um there were, I don't know if it's okay if I give out a shout out Absolutely. to a couple of, so Absolutely. I read a book called um is it me making sense of your confusing marriage by Natalie Hoffman I read Life-Saving Divorce um, by Gretchen Baskerville. Um, I read um, Lundy Bancroft, um, Why Does He Do That? And um, it really, and I listened to um, Patrick Doyle, um, Pathway to Hope. He had okay. some pod, or some um, YouTube out there. And I just started educating myself. And I needed to have that time. And I, all this time I was getting counseling. Um, and one of the, the counselors, well, she had done some marriage counseling with us. Um, right. way in the past. And I had kind of kept, we sort of, once in a while I'd see her, um, but at that point I was seeing her very consistently. And I asked her, I said, what did you see in that woman in the very beginning? And she saw, I, she said, I saw very, um, a very, a woman who was very much afraid in her marriage. Um, and she was spot on, you know, I was right. fearful. Um, right. and, um, so I was doing all this research, reading, reading, reading. Um, I needed to validate what I'd been through. I needed to put a name to it. I needed to understand it. Um, and then with the Christian background, I was going against everything I had ever said I would. 
I never right. thought I would find myself in this state, ever. Um, and I tried so hard. I gave what Patrick Doyle calls Olympic levels of effort <laughs> to not have this happen. You know, 30 and, years. Right. 34 so, years. Yeah, 34 years is a long time. And um, I, I, I guess it was a gift from God because the night that I left – um, I had already kind of been planning. I'd been going to the grocery store, taking out some extra money. You know, I was, I was sort of making a plan. What am I going to do? You know, I had friends that knew um, how troubled things were. Um, and I had a, one dear, dear friend who had been in, in a destructive relationship or marriage. And she said to me, if you, when you need to leave, you call me. I'll be there for you. And so, yeah. And so I had that in my back pocket. Um, I had talked to a friend, gone out to lunch with her. I told, I, told, I said to her, this is kind of what I'm planning. Um, and, you know, she had a studio. I said, you know, is the studio available? She said, no, you know, I've got a renter in there. She's been in there for quite a while. I don't think she's going to leave. And I'm like, okay. So, you know, I was, I was asking around. I was starting to, exactly. make a plan, you know, right. and um, bef- I had sort of a date because we wanted to have a, my third daughter was graduated from high school and I wanted to have a party. I wanted her to have something good to do, to hang on to before I left. Right. I hadn't told the young, I hadn't told the younger two. I was, um, I was kind of just giving them little clues. I didn't want to just outright tell them, but I wanted them to be somewhat prepared and not surprised. Right. Um, so before she'd had the, had the chance to have the party and that kind of thing, um, my husband raged and bigger than I'd ever seen it. He, um, you know, he came at me, um, and as he was coming at me, shouting, you know, calling me names, shouting obscenities, it was over something that we could have worked out together and just had a con- you know conversation, sure. but that never went that way in our relationship. So as he's coming at me, shouting obscenities and calling me names. Um, I looked in the corner of my bedroom and there was a suitcase and, um, I thought, you know, I, God just put it on my heart and he said, you're done. You've done everything. You're done. And, um, I, as he was coming at me, I don't know if he was planning on hitting me or not. Um, he, um, I said, I'm done. I told him I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. And this, before he got to about three feet in front of me, he dropped to his knees literally. And he said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He followed me around the room on his knees saying he was sorry. He never said a sorry our entire marriage ever, ever. And so, um, I just looked at him. I'm like, get up. What are you doing? You know, get off. You know, so I just packed my bags. Um, I raged at him. I said, get accountability. This is your, this is, I'm not living like this ever again. Right. Um, I will never be treated like this again. Um, before I had walked, let me step back. I forgot to this part. Before I had walked in the room, he had been stonewalling me. He'd been giving me the silent treatment because he was mad at me. Okay. So I, I told my two girls that were still living at home, I said, that's not going well with your dad tonight. Pack a bag. And both of them looked at me and said, okay, mom, just like that. So they both, uh, my oldest um, packed a bag and left because she was driving. She had a car and she went to her boyfriend's. Um, youngest packed a bag. She waited in the, in the car for me. Um, she audio taped it and it's just horrific oh, for me goodness. to listen to. Yeah, right. just horrific for me to listen to. But I think she wanted proof of what was proof. going on in the house. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and she was 16 at the time. My other daughter was 18. And um, so they, she was waiting outside in the car for me. 
And um, I just, I packed the bag and I left. And I remember walking out and, and I, I got in the car and my daughter was just panicked because she had seen him. He was very, um, right. um, he was not trustworthy. He wasn't safe. You never knew what he was going to do. He was, right. um, uh, I can't think of the word, impulsive. He was extremely impulsive okay. um, with his actions and his words. And um, so I got in the car. She said, Mom, lock the doors, lock the doors. So I locked the oh, doors. That's scary. It was scary. It was, it, was, it was scary. I mean, he looked very pitiful standing there. At, at that thought, point, right? At that point, he looked pitiful. Right. But in her mind, she'd seen so much in the past, heard so much in the past, that um, she was frightened. And right. so um, she said, Mom, give me your phone. I'm going to take location services off. Um, we got down the driveway. And as we're driving away, <laughs> this always still breaks my heart. So excuse me. She says to me, she no says, Mom, she says, Mom, you are so brave. Mom, you are so strong. And she repeated that all the way down the road. Breaks my heart because she knew, they all knew what was going on. Right. And it just took me so long to get to that point to leave. But they, um, they just saw that point. They just saw you do that. That's what she's going to remember, you know. Yeah, and if she's ever kind so. of in a situation like that, she's going to remember, my mom did it. I can right. do it. I can do so, it, too. And I hope yes. so. I just hope it doesn't take them 34 years. <laughs> but anyway, so right. I got down the road. I called my friend. I said, um, you know, I'm, I've left. She said, um, I'm making the bed up. Come. So we came, we stayed there for three weeks during that, that first day or two. Um, my friend called me that I'd asked about the studio and right. she said, um, she just gave notice Oh, and perfect. you can have, yeah. And you can, you can move into the studio. I feel like right. it was a gift. It was a gift from God because, um, where we live, it was very hard to find places. So we stayed with my friend for three weeks. Um, and we moved into the studio and, um, I never, I, I went back to the house when he wasn't there. Right. Um, so yeah, so it was one of those things where I was sort of planning. I had a plan, right? but um, he sort of pushed it. Yes. Pushed it. And I, in some ways I'm forward. <laughs> exactly. And I, in some ways I'm grateful for that because right. I didn't have to have that. Um, I didn't have to have a conversation with him that would have really been fearful. Right. I would have right. really been fearful having that conversation right. with him. Absolutely. And put yourself in the position that it could have been on a good day. It could have been a good day. And, and it would have been hard. And then yeah. it was like, I had the plan, but you know, something makes you, cause it's so hard. It is it, obviously not an easy thing to do. No, no, so. not at all. It took, I'm a people pleaser from day one. I had to be a people pleaser with my mom. And so that's where I learned it well. Right. And so, um, I, I don't want people to not like me. And now I'm in a position where there are people that don't like me. And I have gotten strong from that. Right. So do you feel that you basically, because you made the choice to, to leave, mm -hmm. you didn't have the blindsided and dev you didn't really have to go through that part because mm -hmm. you were the one who made the choice. Right. And I so still think there was some, there wasn't blindsided, but I still think right. there was the devastated because I was going against my religious beliefs. I was going against you know, what I thought marriage was and, and right. that it was a, a lifelong commitment no matter what. Right. Right. But the problem is, is that um, I am the sweet daughter of God and he loves me. Absolutely. And the character of God that I know would Absolutely. not stop loving me because I had to leave a, a marriage that was destructive. Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, that's the thing between the relationship that you have with God and mm -hmm. the relationship that the church 
wants you to have, to have with the church, not even with God, but with it's not with the God. Church. So I have not, I have no issue with God. Um, exactly. I did, I did meet with some friends after I left who were um, part of my church, um, right. who told me that, um, the only reason to get divorced was adultery. Um, and that I must forgive 70 times seven and, um, you know, just all of those things. Right. And having read life-saving divorce, which is Christian based. And it shows you that, you know, in the Greek translation, the very beginning first translation, it was never about God, um, hating divorce. What God truly hates is he hates men who treat their wives treacherously and get divorced. Um, and that's where I was at. It was like, wow, that makes sense. You know? So when I got to that, um, you know, it's, but it's, it's a process. Right? It is it's a, a process. process. It is. And I'm not sure what religion um, you were raised, Just but I was raised Christian. Catholic. Yeah. Oh, even and, more so. <laughs> you know, it's like I, I got married in front of the, in front of God. And right. then it's like, this is it. It's one and done, you know? Right. So right. I remember going to a priest because I was like struggling, like he, he wants to divorce me, mm-hmm. but I married him fr- and he's, he, he's like, see ya, I'm leaving. What, what, what happens to me? Right. And right. I remember that, thank God that I ended up with this particular priest because he told me he's not living the sacrament. It, just right. because you are right. married, it's a sacrament. And he's not living that if he's mm-hmm. over there doing this and walking away. So you're, you're, you're you know, you're, you're free. You're free. Exactly. And that's what exactly. I think I finally came to was that right. um, he wasn't, um, just like you said, he wasn't living the vows of to honor and cherish. And those aren't even, those are human vows. They aren't even, sure. right? Sure. I mean, that's not really, those are, from what it's in from what's in the bible but um you know but but basically he was sinning he was sinning and that's on him now i'm realizing that i could never fix him i could never make this better he it was going to have to be on him and he was never willing to to see it he was never going to look at himself and get insight um and i wasn't staying wasn't helping obviously um, I mean, you gave so, it a good old, a good I gave try. it my college try exactly. <laughs> for a long time. Um, so, but I, I, I am better. Yes. Okay. And I would say that, yes, the devastated part, and I don't know, you might tell me about this because for us who have not been married that long, mm-hmm. one of the things that we're devastated about is the life that we had envisioned in our yes. heads, yes. but you had 34 years with him. Would you feel also still like well, there was still some part of life that you had planned to have with him. Did you feel right. like the loss of that? Oh my goodness, yes. I mean, so there's grief. There's the grief, and there's right. still grief. There's still days of grief that I feel. I feel sad. I feel sad because I had a. I had this vision of this perfect marriage, and right. I came to this with my whole heart. Um, I wanted the picket fence. I wanted to make brownies for my kids when they came home from school. I wanted the, because I didn't get that. Right. Yeah. I didn't get that. I had a single mom, worked three jobs. I raised myself. I, I took care of her emotions, you know. So right. I just had this thing. I wanted this picture. And it it um there were times I could deny I could I could live in that um fantasy a little bit and right. I allowed it. Um, but then those the reality of the the abuse would come in and I'm like, no, right. this isn't this isn't the picture I wanted. So I'm 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 sad that it didn't happen. I'm sad that I'm fifty-eight years old and I'm now gonna, you know what am I going to do for the rest of my life? Right. Right. Um, and we'll get to that next. And, um, (laughs) but I, I think one of the things is, is I, I now stand up for myself. I now am learning to live in my truth. Right. 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 All of that was not truthful. All of that was, was really living kind of a lie that I was willing to close my eyes to all of that. Right. Um, I have four beautiful kids that, um, I have to say, 
I have much better relationships with now because yeah. it's honest. Right. Um, I validated what went on for them. I listened to them on, on what it was really like for them to be in that right. house. Right. Right. Um, That's important because you could feel um, guilt in a way that you that you don't want to receive it, and which then right. doesn't allow them also. So it's, exactly. it's a very important part of the process. So that's There's a good. lot of healing that's gone on in the exactly. last couple of years, especially with my oldest daughter who stood up to him and got so much abuse from him and yeah. I wasn't there to protect her. And I've, I've apologized to her for that. I did what I, what I could in the moment and what I could right. see and what I could live in, but um, I didn't do the best by her. And she's right. been so gracious and forgiving me. Um, and wonderful. I think, and I think all my kids are proud that I've, right. that I've left even my oldest. Right. You know? Excellent. So we do talk about chapter three, which is better, stronger, loved you. And right. you, you went into this with, not a lot of self-esteem, not a lot of mm -hmm. self-worth, just from not having, being able to build that with your mom, right? right? right and and right. going into this situation. So, um, and it sounds like once that while you were in the relationship and doing those readings that you were starting mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. get where you needed to be with your self-worth to be able to leave. Exactly. And I think once I left, it was um, powerful. It was so powerful. Um, of course, there was days that I was, you know, on the floor most of the day of crying. Um, and, but I thought I did it. I, I left, I did what was best for me finally. Um, and it, it, over time counseling, I've done lots of, um, the forums in on Facebook, on private right. groups, um, which has been very helpful that, I can write out something if I'm having an issue in my mind and, and I can get feedback from women that have gone and some men that have gone through the same thing. Um, so it feels like a real, um, uh, a therapy, you know, to be able to do things yes, like that online. Absolutely. Um, but I've grown, I am, I am not the same woman. Right. I'm grateful for that because I feel like life is about growth and right. I've, I feel like I've, I'm, I'm leaving this, um, really dark, grief at the loss of my marriage and I'm now walking walking in kind of this light of I holy smokes I have choices I yes. get I count now you know <laughs> I, I I have a an opinion about things you know I get to I get to do what I want with the rest of my life right you know right. all my kids which are, is an empowering thing. oh it's yeah. very empowering I mean, that's even at 58 <laughs> absolutely <laughs> absolutely absolutely <laughs> So let's talk about chapter four, which is it's over now. What? But mm -hmm. how did you decide it on that process? You didn't have to really. You knew it was going to be over pretty right, much right, when you walked right. out. So, right. um, so yeah, how I, I, was that? Just that process of having to deal with the actual divorce process and serving right. him and right, fighting right. through all that crap. <laughs> well, he, yeah, he had tried a couple times. We had tried to get together. I think when once I walked out that door, I was done. I was done. I, I, my heart, you know, I had woke up two years prior and I, I woke up to, I don't think I love him anymore. I don't, I don't think I love him. And then I swallowed it and moved on. And, you know, I remember one, I was so excited. I really wanted to get to 50 years because in my mind, 50 years is like, that's awesome to be married 50 years. You know, when you have this whole picture, perfect picture, right? <laughs> I woke up one day and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's 17 years from now. I can't do this 17 more years. <laughs> so, yeah. so I was, you know, really waking up to all of the idea of leaving. And 
he had tried a couple times we'd gotten together after I left and said, Oh, you know, I didn't know the harm I was causing. I'm really sorry. You know, the usual, right. like not accepting any responsibility that was on me because I never told him about the harm. It, and yeah. I, if you would have told me that me raging in front of you was hurting your feelings, feelings then, you know, I would have stopped. And I, and I, I owned it for a little while. I'm like, I'm not going to own that. That's on you. You're an adult man who can't figure out that calling your children and your wife names and, and treating them poorly is wrong. You know, you don't know that it's wrong. So right. I, 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 it, I was growing with every step I walked away, I was growing and I was not taking ownership of him. I was not taking ownership of his feelings, of his behaviors. I and I was not taking ownership of his relationship with his kids. That's on him. Yeah. And that was a big one for me because he, and even after I left, he blamed me for his lack of relationship with his kids. Right. So, um, I, the girls are still not speaking to him. My son will talk to him, not a deep relationship. Um, I'm sad for him. I am sad for him. Of course. Um, because I wanted, I so wanted my kids to have a healthy relationship with their dad because I didn't have one. Right. Um, but in the end I realized it's not on me. It's on him. Right. Right. And it's, it's getting to a point where I'm really, you know, had my second uh, leaving or my second leaving anniversary, no okay. problems, no tears, no upset. I'm walking in my truth. I'm walking in the truth of how that relationship was. Right. And what I was responsible for was me. Um, right. Only me and my, my actions and my thoughts and my words. And I wanted to um, show up in the best way possible as I was leaving. Um, right. So I, I tried not to bow, bad mouth him to the kids. I tried to be honest, you know, about what happened. If they asked me a question, I would tell them, right. um, but cause it's, it's the truth, but right. I wanted, I wanted to show up in just the very best way. Um, so I didn't want any conflict. I um, wanted to be able to have an honest conversation with him about things. I still, even when we met was not able to because of um, I think there was still some fear um, I didn't know how he would react um, and he wasn't taking responsibility. And that's all I really wanted him to do was say, to, to say he was sorry in a really honest, truthful way. And he couldn't do Recognize it. that he screwed up. Yeah. Yeah. And he couldn't do so it. So do you, do, did the, the, the little bit of fear and, and the wanting to show up without a, tons of animosity, right. did that translate into not fighting for what you deserved out of a 30 something year relationship? <laughs> I'm glad you asked that question because yes. there was, there was, um, this is, I'll try to be quick about this, but my, okay. um, in, during COVID, um, my mom passed away and it oh, wasn't because of COVID. It's okay. Um, it wasn't because of COVID. It was because, um, she was an alcoholic and, oh. um, she had liver disease for many, many years that she would not admit to. Mm. Um, interesting that I married the man I did, but okay. It's beside the point. Um, <laughs> but, um, she, I wasn't able to have a relationship with her the last few years. And part of it was because my husband didn't like her yeah. and you know, Maybe he saw of, himself in her. <laughs> I think that was part of it. And that I was trying to figure out my mom's relationship with him. And he was very similar to her in a lot of ways. So right. there was a lot of head buddy between the two of them. I felt like I had to be a good wife and I had to, I had to um, go with my husband, right? Right. So then it Because that's a lot what the of... church teaches also. Exactly, right? exactly. Um, and so in that, then I thought, oh, I'm setting boundaries. This is good. I'm learning how to set boundaries. And um, it was very painful. Um, my mom ended up dying without me being there or without getting to reconcile with her. Oh, um, right. It was very painful. Um, 
so I did, when she passed, um, she had one, um, an IRA that I split with my stepdad, um, of a, a substantial, at least at the time, amount of money. Um, and so I, I hadn't left yet. I was in, I had put it in the joint account, um, and we had spent some of it, but when I left, I wanted that money because my mom would have rolled over in her grave had he ended up with it. So I have made it clear we haven't, we're, we're, he wanted to bifurcate the divorce, which in California you can do. So that means you can, are you familiar with what that is? No. Yeah. So you can, your marriage ends, but okay. then you still have the financial piece over here you're dealing with. Okay. Usually it's done because so you can the part, split it. Right. Usually it's done because the partner wants to get remarried quickly. Okay. Now, I don't know if that's the case. Not my business. Right. Um, so anyway, so we're still de- dealing with the financial parts of it, um, but I will not let him have the rest of that money um, right. because uh, it, it was my mom's and it belongs right. to me. And, and he health. didn't like her and he didn't, mm-hmm. you know, and he, right. he, he, he was a barrier in your yeah. relationship. And, but of course he's happily to take the money. the money. And does he disagree on that? Like he's willing so, to fight about that. So he, we, you know, it's been going through the lawyers. He's never said, uh, initially when I brought it up, he said, you never got any money from your mom. Oh brother. I know, but nothing has happened where he's fought it at this point. So, but we're still in the settlement phase as far as the rest of it goes. But I told my lawyer, I said, I'm going to stand up. That is not going to happen. He is not going to get that money. Um, I don't care how long this goes on for. He's not getting it. Um, So anyway, yeah. So there there are things that I'm fighting for. He was a a big spender um, of a lot of money we didn't have. And so right. we really, we don't have much. We didn't have gotcha. a house. We lost it when he lost his job. Um, you know, we didn't have any debt um, okay. because of the settlement from his job. But um, so it was easy. But there's to not a lot away. you split. There's not a lot that you need no. to split up, really. No, there's his retirement. And we've kind of dealt with that part already. Okay. Um, so he hasn't fought me much in okay. this part, which is kind that of interesting. Means. That's not the right. usual, right? But he, yeah, he hasn't right. fought me too much yet. And how long <laughs> can that part take after the actual divorce part? Yikes. I hope it's not too much longer. I mean, right. we've dealt with, we've dealt with, um, uh, uh, we, he was a state employee. So we've dealt with the state of California on his retirement and now we're just dealing with this part, I think. And I don't, I don't see that it'll take too much longer, but, gotcha. um, okay. yeah, well, good. But it's important that you do, you know, that's that. one thing that women sometimes because they do the divorce part before they've done the healing and built mm-hmm. up their self-worth mm-hmm. that they, right. I want to be it. the nice guy mm-hmm. or, you know, I don't want to come off as like whatever. And then they, they don't look out for themselves. You know, we're right. not getting any younger. And if there is mm-hmm. things there that are going to help us who have been single mothers or who have been, you know, stay at home wives, we can't right. just walk away to be nice because yeah. nice is not going to pay the bills. Well, and nice didn't get me, um, wasn't good for me anyway. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so- very it didn't serve. Right. It didn't serve me well. <laughs> That's I might as well try try it the other way. That's right. Stand up for myself. Exactly. Okay, so now you are divorced and right. beyond. Right. And what does the beyond look like for you? What do you hope that it looks like? How so, is it looking like so far? So so far, it's been great. Um, I um, I stayed in that studio with my daughter a studio. She was a senior in high school. She wasn't happy about it, but, um, we did it for finances. Um, I think she'll look back on it and it was a great year actually to bond together in that very small space, um, <laughs> which I was grateful for. Um, of course. so as soon as she graduated from high school, she went off to college. And so there was no reason for me to stay in that small little town of people from a church who did not support me. Um, so I, um, a friend of mine, 
she called a very dear friend of mine, actually we've known each other for 25 years. She is going, she's going through a divorce. And so she called me, she's um, got a very large house that she has in Colorado. Um, and she was here by herself once the, her soon to be ex left. And she said, you know, I think it would be a good idea. Um, every, you don't have anything to stay there for. Why don't you come live with me? So wow. I'm now in Colorado, um, enjoying nice. life. Um, roommates. Roommates. And she's <laughs> going through this. Yeah. She, in fact, she's going through mediation today. Um, uh, wish her well, but, um, it's been wonderful. We support each other. We, sh- we share the finances. Um, we have fun together. It's been such a blessing. Um, I'm far from my kids, so that makes it a little hard. But I think if I was there, I would just absorb myself into their lives. And I can't do that. I need to get on right. with mine. Yes, you need to learn who you are and, who I am. and take advantage of this freedom of right. being able to just not have to answer for anybody. I, I want to do this today. I'm going to do this today. This today. I want to go um, here today. I'm yeah. going to go here today. And if I don't, if I want to have a bowl of cereal for dinner, that's, and hang out in my pajamas, that's what I'm going to do. Exactly. So. <laughs> it's, uh, it's an amazing freedom. Trust it me. Is. Definitely that it part is. is. It's great. Especially I'm, I'm walking into it. Yeah. 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 But, um, so I, that's been going on. I'm actually on disability. I had a very physical job and so, um, I'm having to have some surgeries. And so my friend is a super sweet and is willing to support me during those times. And, nice. um, the retirement that I just found out that I'm going to be getting from him, plus my disability is going to be more than enough to live on. And so it just brings me that peace, which I didn't know. I mean, it didn't have before because I wasn't sure what I was going to have to live on, Um, but I'm also a people person. And so I miss that. And as soon as I have this next surgery and and recuperate, then I want to start doing some volunteering, uh, maybe doing a little remote part-time job. So I can just have some, just, feel like I'm contributing, right. Contributing to the world. Um, uh, you know, exercise. Um, I actually got on eHarmony. Um, yeah, I know. Right. Um, I, they're, they're kind of, it's, uh, I don't know that I'd recommend it for everybody. It's been a really good, it is, it's been a good season for me to learn boundaries and to learn that it's not about me. And so when they, you know, decide to block me or, you know, not talk to me ghost. anymore. What had, ghost. Yeah, ghost, ghost you, right? Um, <laughs> it's like, oh, I guess that wasn't a good fit and I can move forward. Whereas before I would have really owned it and just felt so yes. much shame. What did I do? What did yes. I do? What did I say? Uh, you know, I'm, not, I'm yeah. not into that now. That's and I've great. met a, a really nice gentleman. We started, you know, we emailed for three months and now we're, you know, this is, we're going to go on our second outing and we're just friends. He wants to just be friends. And I'm, I'm willing to that, that's kind of really comforting for me right now. I don't right. want anything that, that causes me a lot of stress and angst and right. worry. And we're just and feel pressure and pressure. So we're right. just hanging out. And, I, you know, I don't have many friends here because I'm just, right. you know, moved here just recently. Yeah. And so right. it's been it's been really nice, you know, and wow. to just to know that I can get out there and socialize and um, I'm enjoying it. I'm really enjoying it. That's great. I am yeah. so happy to hear that. And, at, and yeah. after 34 years, I think you deserve it. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> what, um, I'm going to ask you, what would you say to a woman out there that's listening to this podcast right now mm-hmm. and has been in a relationship for 30 something years, 20 something years that they think, why bother? I've yeah. already been in this this far. Why bother? Yeah. What would you tell these women? Well, for me, you only get one life. You only get to do this journey once. And if you're in a place that um, you're being, um, there's a difference between a difficult marriage and a destructive marriage. And if you're in a destructive marriage, you have got to know that you have worth. You, You have 
you are worth so much more than that. You know, and if, and if you can just see that and gain power from that and be able to walk away and know that yeah, it's hard, there's grief, but it's also so much harder staying in that marriage and losing yourself forever when you have the opportunity that you can walk away and you can better yourself and you can, you can enjoy this one journey. And even though I'm 58, <laughs> um, there's, there is still so much to be had in this world. There's so much to be had. Um, and the, the couple of years after is rough. I, I won't, I won't lie to you, but, um, know your worth, know your worth. And if they don't find it in yourself and walk away. Absolutely. That is absolutely great advice. And I really appreciate you coming on here and be willing to share your story. I'm sure that there are women out there that are going to hear it and it's going to speak to them and, you know, so, maybe yeah. give them that little bit of hope and that little push, mm-hmm. that, li- that strength to be like, yes, this is, this is what I need to do. I need to do it for myself. And I'm not going to let the church right, exactly. or whatever Dictate. society thinks right or wrong, stop right. me from being able to enjoy whatever time I have left in this work, in the world. Right. And you can teach your kids. You, people say that exactly. you know, not to stay be, or to stay because it's for the kids. Oh, no. My kids had so much more destruction done in their lives because right. I stayed. Right. So now they can they can see that it's OK to leave when it's not a, it's not good for it, you. And that's an excellent point, because there's a lesson mm-hmm. that you teach them in staying and there's mm-hmm. a lesson that you teach them in going. Exactly. And if exactly. you don't want to do it for yourself, if that's what you're struggling with, you have daughters. Do, mm-hmm. Is this the person? Is this the life you want for them? Right. And right. that, you know, whatever you have to tell yourself to get yourself to take that, you know, to that make step, that move. That first step. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that I, that uh, you might want to share or mention? One thing is trust your gut. If you're feeling like you're in a spot um, that's harmful, it's harmful and trust your gut because I, you know, you can, you can just ignore it for so long, but you've got to trust your gut to leave. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, Anne, thank you so much. Yeah. I really appreciate it. I'm excited for you because thank honestly, you. 58 is the new 40. I mean, the way the world is going and there's so much that you're going to be able to do and enjoy. Yeah. Even if it's enjoying doing nothing, which uh, sometimes is pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. It is. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. That's going to be it for today's episode. A special thanks to Anne for sharing her journey from devastated to divorced. And if you would like to get your free chapter checklist to find out which chapter you might currently be on, visit heavypagespodcast.com. And if you like this episode and it spoke to you, please consider subscribing and leaving a five-star review. And with that, I'll leave you and I will catch you on the next one. Bye for now.